What's up, everybody? It is late night Twitter with Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage. We're at episode 11. Uh, took a few days off there. And uh, let's just get to it. Maybe you've noticed the title of this episode as of this very moment, as of my recording. I don't know what the title will be, but I imagine it alluded to the fact that we're going to pause for a second on Late Night Twitter with Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage. Can I blame it on the network? Just so many notes from the network. I can't, you know, I sit down with these suits, these executives. They try to get in my business. They don't understand the creative vision of Late Night Twitter with Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage, and it's frustrating. You got those suits sitting in the office. They're not out here producing content. They're not trying to add something, be creative, put themselves out there, reveal embarrassing things, talk about things that happen on the beach at 2 in the morning. This is no different than people not understanding. um, What's a great example of this? Freaks and geeks. It's it's basically the same thing as Freaks and Geeks, okay? Me, Judd Apatow, same thing. I got to reevaluate the cast. I'm enjoying the cast. I think it's fun. I think we got, uh, we got some diehard fans, and I appreciate you. There's a little bit of growth. It's not crazy. But there's a couple things that I, uh, I'm concerned with. Let's just say that. One is the fact that this is based around Twitter, at least the 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 jump off point. There will be some tweets and then maybe I'll riff and hopefully I'll say something interesting or clever or somewhat funny and you'll giggle and that's great. We all have a good time. But nonetheless, uh, we're about 16, 1671 a share Twitter hasn't been a good week for Twitter, but also and this is the emo side of me and we'll see how emo this this podcast gets totally sober by the way was gonna have a a glass of whiskey before and i thought i'll do that after you know i have that no politics rule for this thing but twitter is kind of toxic right now so even if i'm skipping trump stuff or the mooch (laughs) or mccain's vote or whatever else is happening in the world today there's uh there's no shortage of other shit i have to walk through it's like Shawshank Redemption just like swimming through an underground tunnel of shit hoping on the other end that there's a quality tweet for example there was one evidently Stephen King the author is a huge rancid fan I had no idea that Stephen King was punk as fuck Um, he went to the rancid dropkick Murphy's tour just started and Stephen King went and then tweeted the lyrics to Ruby Soho no time bomb yeah black hoe white shoes black hat Cadillac I, d- I love it so much that we live in a world. So, th- so there's the joy that Twitter brings. We live in a world that Stephen King goes to a rancid show and then tweets about it, and that's great. I also had an interaction with Roy Wood Jr., uh, who's a comedian. He's on The Daily Show but also does stand-up. Somehow, every now and then, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tweet at someone famous or semi-famous and evidently provide some sort of entertainment and I'll get the follow back and then I'll forget about that and then a year will go by and then that semi-famous person will respond to a tweet it happened with Hannibal Burris once and then people thought me and Hannibal were friends and then it happened with Roy Wood Jr. a couple days ago and my buddy Mikel texted me was like whoa are you friends with Roy Wood Jr.? no absolutely not but uh but he responded to one of my tweets which if we really want to go down the rabbit hole the tweet was about 
so I got this terrible policy where I just accept everyone on LinkedIn because I can't. Who cares? But recently, and maybe it's because I have a lot of music companies in my resume, I'm getting flooded with unsigned rappers. And it's just incredible to me that there's rappers somewhere that were like, you know what? It's not about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, SoundCloud. Fuck that. I'm going to get my deal over LinkedIn. So I tweeted about that. Robo Jr. thought it was funny. He responded, that's all. We're not friends. But uh, back to the point. I love the fact that those parts of Twitter exist. But in between all that, and even politics aside, I got stuck in a rabbit hole earlier. Wormhole? Rabbit hole? Why do I always confuse those? About this fucking asshole reporter that tweeted uh, about parents just telling their daughters to say no firmly and like that's somehow magically going to fix the problem of sexual assault and and terrible things that men do to women. Uh, The fucking lack of self-awareness with these people. But, you know, so you have to get through all that to find the Stephen King rancid tweet or to hopefully get responded to by a comedian you like. And it's gotten to a point now where I'm wondering, you know, is my love from Twitter dwindling because I've put this pressure on myself to uh, to base a podcast around it? So I don't know. We're in uh, what do they, they call it turnaround. I think turnaround is before a movie gets made. They're about to make a movie. They cast people. They have a director. They have a script. They're about to go in production. And then some suit goes, hold on. This is not going to work out. So I guess we're uh, we're in post launch turnaround. I don't know what we are. <laughs> trying to find an excuse for it but i i i have other ideas and i think it's cool that we did 10 episodes of this silly thing and i think it's cool that you're listening to this right now i don't know i kind of i have like lots and lots of uh audio recordings of interviews i've done with artists over the years which i don't think i technically own i think the companies i worked for did but bring it bring the lawsuit i would love it uh not really but anyway, so, you know, maybe there's something there revisiting interviews with Gaga or Nas or Machine Gun Kelly or someone. I don't know. But so I got that idea there. You know, and another thing that's obvious is if I'm not bringing on guests that can tell the story of this podcast and at least retweet their appearance on the podcast, then that's going to limit how this thing grows, right? I go back and forth on that. When Zach and I. My buddy Zach and I had a podcast like early, early days, 2008, something like that. It was early podcast days. It was basically us and Kevin Smith and uh, and This American Life. And, you know, we did, we did a bunch of episodes and it got a little, I don't know, it got a little draining because I felt like I was constantly hitting up friends going, hey, will you come on our podcast? And I don't know, like everyone that came on our podcast were great and, and it was awesome to have them. And Zach reached out to some people over Twitter that came on like former NBA players and shit. And then I hit up friends and bands to come on the podcast. And uh, since then I've made friends with, you know, like a couple comedians and shit. So it'd be cool to have them on. But also then I'm back into that mode of like texting people going, Hey, I'm another person with a podcast. In fact, I just saw someone launched a podcast called everyone's got a podcast podcast. So I used to be a little cocky about podcasting because me and, and some other folks that came up through radio, you get a little, you get some training on how to communicate and how to get to the point, and which I'm not doing in this episode for the record, but fuck it. And so the early renditions of podcasting were just like dudes rambling and getting stoned and, and thinking everything they say is hilarious. And well, now the podcast game is fucking incredible and it's certainly stepped up. And I feel like, uh, 
<laughs> when we took a, a, a seven-year hiatus, you know, now I'm a little late to the game. I was early to the podcast game with Zach, and now I'm late. And so now it puts me in this place of, well, what's going what's gonna to separate this podcast from anything else? You know, if I go the full Joe Rogan route, try to have a guest on every week and go back to an hour-long thing, I don't know how interesting that is because there's a million people already doing it. Do I keep this style going? You know, reach out to friends that are famous <laughs> or semi-famous or whatever. Trust me, I don't, you know, it's not like I can call Jerry Seinfeld to be on this thing. But, you know, there's some, like, mid-level dudes that would totally do it. What, do I have them FaceTime in and talk about their favorite tweet last week? Like, that's not a segment. That's nothing. Do we rebrand it as the Rick Savage show? I'm Rick Savage. We just cut out Twitter, and maybe I'll talk about tweets. Maybe I'll talk about the new backpack I just bought, because I'm literally looking at the new backpack I just bought. I don't know how interesting that is either. I don't know, guys. All I'm saying is I needed a fucking hobby. I needed some sort of creative outlet. Respect to the job. It's great. My life is pretty good right now. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm literally about to go on vacation with my girlfriend, so like life is all right. But I just I, I, I need something, and I don't know if Late Night Twitter with Rick Savage, I'm Rick Savage, is it. Maybe it is. In the meantime, we're going to pause, okay? You're probably subscribed, so when we start up again, in what form? I like that we're saying we. I'm literally sitting in a one-bedroom apartment by myself. But yeah, when we, when the production, when my team. Oh, by the way, fuck people that say my team. Fuck you, yes, Jules. Ooh, I said a name. Shots fired. Pow, pow, pow. If you travel with people that work for you and you call them my team, you're not a good person. Straight up. Oh, this is my team. No. Who are you? If you're Kanye West, you could say that. If you're Beyonce, if you're Yance, you have a team, you can say that. If you're an Instagram influencer, get the fuck out. So on that note, I don't know. Do you want to do a couple tweets just because? I'm, I'm scrolling through my favorites. Film Junk tweeted, brought some surgical gloves so I can eat flaming Hots during the film without staining my fingers, a.k.a. changing the game. I respect that. Do you know how I eat my flaming Hots? With chopsticks. Boom. Next time you get Chinese fast food, next time you get sushi, and they got the plastic to-go uh, chopsticks, extra pair. Two extra pairs. You eat your flaming Hots like that. You eat your Funyuns like that. You eat, I don't even eat Funyuns, so I don't know if that makes a mess. But if anything that you eat that makes a mess, dude, use chopsticks. If you're looking to escape the hellscape we call reality for 66 minutes, might I suggest Joe Mandy's award-winning comedy special on Netflix. That's a tweet from Joe Mandy. I will second that. I watched his special last night. It's wonderful. It's weird and quirky, much like Joe, but also very, very funny. Fast Company tweeted six words and phrases that make everyone hate working with you. Okay. Let's see what I'm guilty of here. Number one, no problem. Really? I know what could possibly be wrong with this one. You're asked to photocopy and da da da. You say no problem. Especially it comes in all kinds of business environments. Tone is off a chipper and upbeat. So you're going to say no problem when your supervisor asks you to do something you don't want to do and then thus, mm, I don't know. That's let, let, number two, whatever. Like no pro- Yeah, whatever is a, a dick saying. Like, no problem, the word usually has a flippant tone to it, but that's the main downside using whatever is often used to dismiss another person's idea. If I say, sure, whatever, after somebody's offered a suggestion, I think it might be like saying, doesn't matter to me, go for it. All right, I mean, if you're saying whatever at work, you're kind of a dick. It is what it is. Cliches like this make you sound like a lazy thinker. Yo, but sometimes it is what it is. Uh, Number four, pissed off. The expression is certainly in the office more commonly you might think. Really? 
saying I'm pissed off that I didn't get that vacation time makes you sound angry and uncooperative. That much is obvious. But if you say she was really pissed off after that meeting in front of your boss, you're subtly expressing a criticism of her. Yo, stretch. Number five, can't. For example, you might innocently say to a meeting, I can't get that report to you until next Monday. And fine, maybe you really can't because it just isn't feasible. But phrasing it like this makes you sound ineffective, like the person who disappoints. Why not flip it around and say what you can do instead? I'll have that report to you next Monday. Okay, that's a good note. I like that. Hope. I might be guilty of this one. For example, if you say, I hope we'll meet our sales target, you're really planting the opposite idea, the possibility that you may not. Obviously, that possibility is real and may even be one that you want to impress upon your team in order to, so they, in order so they know what the stakes are. But then why not just say, I really want us to meet our sales target and know we can get there. That's true. Hope can come across kind of like passive aggressive or even threatening, like, oh, I hope we get this done. I've had bosses, shitty bosses previous to this current boss saying stuff like that. Well, all right. So I take my snark back a little bit there, Fast Company. That's pretty pretty decent. Pigeons and Planes. Rick Ross reveals plans for movie collaboration with Gucci Mane. Don't do it. Throwing away your money. Keep rapping about made-up things. I assume anyone that's uh, a fan of this podcast knows that Rick Ross was a correctionals officer in Florida. Worked in the... Worked in the prison system then started rapping about all the cocaine he sells just saying (laughs) yeah so my tweet earlier was unsigned rapper hustling on linkedin is my favorite unsigned rapper and some dude just quote retweeted it watch out for lil ceo telling you linkedin is a new place to i hope a and r people are on linkedin i hope they're not too cool for it but most a and r's are let's see what else oh i favorited the boy scouts tweet where they had to apologize for trump's ridiculous speech i love that everything else aside in the past week that the boy scouts and the cops had to apologize for shit trump said at their events incredible oh whoa colbert compares trump administration to goodfellas after trump threatens alaska senator oh man i made that joke too i wonder if we did the same thing maybe i can come right for you stephen colbert my take on it was trump thinks he's jimmy and Tommy, but he's actually Maury. Because Maury's wigs don't fall off. And then I posted the gif of Maury jumping backwards into the pool. He thinks he's a criminal mastermind. But he's... I remember when, like, when Maury tried to get tough because he was owed money from uh, the Lufthansa heist? And then Jimmy was going to whack him. And then at the poker game, they were having fun. So he said, ah, we'll let it pass this time. Yeah, that's what Trump is. Trump is Maury's wigs. He's the wig salesman. He's not Jimmy. He's not Tommy. I guess he's kind of Henry Hill, at least with the Coke problem. L.A. math is that one green juice cancels out 10 lines of cocaine. That's Brandon Wardell. Solid, accurate. Gucci Mane, it's time to go 100 times harder. You know what? I usually hate shit like that, but the guy came out of jail, seems to be rehabilitated, is in great shape, is a positive member of the community, was out there doing good. Oh, shit. I don't know if you heard that, and we'll come back to Gucci, but that was just the rollerblader making the noise with the spelunking helmet going back and forth by my house, and then a guy right behind him went, oh shit, what was that? Probably couldn't hear that, uh, but use your imagination. It was a rollerblader with the, with, the, with the light on his helmet, and it was funny. So anyways, Gucci, I usually hate motivational bullshit tweets, but you know what? Gucci came out of prison. 
That's one person that can do it. If you go to prison and you come out and you're out here changing lives, then I'll take inspirational tweets from you. That's it. Not if you're a, a girl with a million followers on Instagram because you show your butt a lot. I'll still follow. You know what I mean? I'll still follow. I won't like any of those photos because people don't need to see that I'm liking those photos. But I'll follow. I just don't want your inspirational bullshit. <laughs> I mean, all right, I guess this is a thing. Hello, Giggles. We finally know whether water actually goes bad or not. The answer is no, right? If you ever left a bottle of water in a hot car for a few hours, you know that the taste of the water can change. Well, yeah, because science, but... But does water ever go bad? The short answer is not really. Well, that's not even a good answer. This article's too long to read. I'm going to go with no. It's water. You know what I mean? It's not milk. Drink that shit. My apartment's super hot right now. You know why? I made some chicken wings. I took them out of the oven. I put them on top of the oven to cool off. And then I forgot to turn off the oven. So for the past hour, a 475 degree oven was just chugging along with nothing in it. So that's how you burn down old buildings, and that's also why it's a sauna in here. <laughs> I wonder what it's like working at the Chive. They they tweeted a link to a, a, a glorious photo gallery. Attention, 30 photos of girls looking back at it. I would love to be a copywriter for the Chive, even on a Saturday night. Lots of political stuff to roll through because pol- pol- political politicon politicon is that how you say it? Politicon is happening right now in Los Angeles. I saw a, a poster for it. It said the Coachella for politics. Fuck you, you're the worst. I actually saw some stuff uh, coming out of there that said there, you know, there were great conversations and and minds being opened and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't ever need to be in the same room with Ann Coulter, never. Call me close-minded if you want, but no thanks. I guess that's it, guys. Let's wrap it up there. <laughs> All right, rate and review and subscribe. You know, I, actually, if for some reason you listen to this, you haven't subscribed. If you do click subscribe, when this whole thing starts up again, uh, you'll be notified and you'll see it. So that would be cool. If you want to leave a review, that's fine, too, or a rating. But, uh, you know, you can follow me on the socials. We could still be friends. It's not you. It's me. You know? You're a great person. It's just uh, I need I need some time for me to reflect on me. You know, um, I hope we can still be friends, but I don't want to end on a, on a down note. This is just taking a little bit of time to figure out the next steps. Okay, this is in between Parks and Rec season one and season two. Parks and Rec one six eight episodes took some time, figured out that Aziz needed a lot more screen time, came back for season two, did a full season, became a great show, ran for seven or eight. That's what we'll do with Late Night Twitter with Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage. Future name and title to be determined. But yeah, if you want to hit me up on Twitter or the gram or anything else, it's at Rick Savage. Until next time, my friends, good night. Better than yesterday isn't for everyone. Keep it up, Peloton! Just one more push isn't for everyone. Being your own role model isn't for everyone. You're crushing it, Peloton! Keep it up! It's not for everyone, but Peloton's for go-getters, everyday heroes, and anyone who really wants it. Learn more about 30-day home trial at OnePeloton.com.